Before I start the show, I want to talk about StarStock. The site has now launched in beta, and you can deposit, purchase cards, view your collection, and flip those cards in the marketplace with more being built. StarStock is building a sports card marketplace aimed to be faster and cheaper for flipping sports cards than any other platform. They're currently looking for people who want to submit their cards to sell on the platform. Here's what they're offering. A 5% commission, no ingestion fees, you send in your cards and they do all the work. The cards are guaranteed and secured in a vault, and you can choose to ship your cards back at any time. You can buy, flip, or store cards with a click of a button. If you're interested in getting involved as a seller, contact Mike at Mike at Starstock.com. Starstock is only looking for rookie cards and prospects of current players. For more details, contact Mike at Starstock.com. And let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wax Pack Hero Project 2020 Minute. No, I'm just kidding. It's not the 2020 minute. It is the sports card minute, but boy, 2020 is catching all the rage and it's the the same thing on my own site. I I started a section. If you haven't seen it already for project 2020 at waxpackhero.com, I would encourage you to check it out. I'm having a ton of fun tracking it, but that is not the main point of today's podcast. Today, we're going to be bringing on Chris Torres. He is a fellow collector. He is a fellow reseller. And the main reason that I wanted to talk with him today is he was an early adopter of the eBay Managed Payments Program, something that all eBay sellers are going to be moved over to by the year 2021. And so I thought it would be good to hear from him what his experience has been as a pilot member and given us some of a heads up on what we can expect as part of the eBay Managed Payments Program. We will get into that interview right after I tell you about one of my sponsors, Underdog Collectibles. They're a new shop based out of Knoxville, Tennessee, and you can join their Facebook group, The Underdogs, to buy, sell, and trade with other collectors. Just go to Facebook and search for The Underdogs as a shop that is run by collectors and for collectors, and you can visit them at udogcollect.com for breaks, wax, and singles. Well, hello again, and today we have Chris Torres on the line, and we are going to talk a little bit about his collecting background, his selling background, and one of the main things I think we're going to hit on is managed payments. And so, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for the opportunity to to be on. I greatly appreciate it. No problem. Why don't we go ahead and get started by just giving us a little bit of a background on your collecting story? Yeah, so I think as anyone who is uh, in the late 30s, you know, started back in the in the 80s and the 90s, and you know, we got out, or I got out of collecting mainly through college, and I picked it back up when I had my first, you know, first real job after college. And back then, it was it was supposed to 2005, 2006. I was mainly a football collector. I collected uh, Thomas Howard from the Raiders. He unfortunately uh, is now passed away uh, in a car wreck from his fault, and. So I sort of I was a football football collector for four to five years. But then when I moved to Seattle, I kind of dropped off of collecting again. I had kind of sort of fallen out of football collecting back then. It just wasn't it wasn't my forte anymore. I really enjoyed baseball. And so when I got up to Seattle and I got 
more settled living up here now, I went back into collecting. And this is when I went back into baseball heavily. And so then it was collecting Mariner prospects, which I have a ton of, which never seemed to to pan out. Uh, A couple of these days now, it's very different to see uh, Mariner prospects worth a lot of money. For many years, they were always pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. But it's transitioned from being a random sort of box buyer to then buying three to four boxes to being you know, buying multiple cases of a product to then my collecting has is really streamlined. And people all the time say, well, what do you collect? Or do you, you don't collect at all? And I collect very, very small. I prefer to move everything to other people, but I only collect right now my Seattle Mariners uh, out of 76, the Independence Day parallels from flagship. So series one, series two, an update series. And then I started at the national this year, my T206 journey. So I'm it's, it's, that's on pause right now at the moment, but I'm also doing the two the T two twelve Seattle Giants team set from Obac. So I sort of I'm more pre-war collecting when there's not a flagship release. So at the moment it's all pre-war, but then when flagship comes out, I switch back to modern for about a week or two, and then I go back to pre-war. So tell me about that transition from you know starting to buy a bunch of boxes for your own collection. At, at what mm-hmm. point did you? have that switch flip where you were intentionally buying multiple boxes or cases with that intent to resell. Was there something that kind of prompted that kind of flip to a a business approach? I think when, when I was doing it just sort of haphazardly or randomly, I I've always wanted to, to sell, you know, at, at a higher volume or keep building up, you know, back when I was first doing this back in, you know, 06, 07, you know, Britton Beckett, I mean, the legend of the hobby in a sense was doing it back then and so I always thought, well, if he does it, everyone, who else can do it? Or what's the process? And I realized it just sort of clicked with me one day. If I'm going to do this sort of at scale, but not full time, I have to be mindful of what I'm purchasing. I can't just go buy four boxes to try to hit something massive. I've got to really look at the numbers and go, well, if I buy six of this or one case of this, that that's going to help me out long term. I just can't go buy stuff to randomly open to flip. If I'm just opening stuff randomly, I'm going to have random results. But if I look at it from the numbers and and and, and more strategically buying product, that's going to help me out long term. So there wasn't a moment. It was just sort of looking at the big picture in a sense, thinking, what can I do to make this more of a business versus just sort of a random lottery ticket? And were you doing that mainly with unopened wax, like kind of ripping and flipping? Or were you buying collections and reselling collections, uh, anything singles and buying, things like that? Yeah, just buying boxes. So three, okay. four boxes here and there. It went from, you know, being able to buy two boxes to then buying six boxes to then being able to buy, you know, three, four cases at a time. So it was just that slow process to, of realizing if I'm going to do this, I've got to do it strategically, not just randomly. And now you've expanded into taking consignments as well. Yeah, so that was that was sort of uh, an offshoot of being furloughed. Is I figured, you know what, I want to be involved with the community, and I know a lot of people out there are have not sold on eBay full time or done this at a large scale, and they just have some questions and things like that. So for me, I've been on eBay now since 2002, off and on, you know, over the 18 years in a sense. But I figured, hey, I can offer up my time, which I have right now at the moment, and you know, charge a little bit of money. Look, I I can never be the lowest consignment person out there because the the main guys get these crazy reduced, you know, fi- final value fees from eBay because of their volume. So look, if it's local guys or it's guys that I know on Twitter, 
hey, I'll sell your cards. You know, I make a little bit of money on the side, but it's a way for for them to sell their stuff. They get their money, no headache, no hassle from them. And I just move their cards through through my eBay store in a sense. Do you sell anywhere else besides eBay or is eBay your sole focus? eBay is my sole focus. I just recently with some of my pre-orders on Project 2020, I added them to my website, but that's just been only three cards. But typically I'm I'm only on on eBay. I do have, I think, a couple cards on ComC that are for sale. I have no idea what they are, but I think I have 10 or 12 on there that, uh, you know, they're up for sale, but who knows what they are. Right. Not a, not a part of your intentional strategy. So no. let's talk a little bit more about about eBay. And you, like you said, you're a longtime seller on eBay. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the reasons that I wanted to chat today was because since 2018, eBay announced the, the migration from PayPal as a mm-hmm. payment processor for them or as one of the primary payment processors for them into a new system they're calling eBay Managed Payments. And I believe you were one of the early adopters and one of the first people who volunteered to to a, to take on that that new system yep. and and be a part of that new program. And so many of the rest of us eBay sellers are going to be migrated onto that eBay managed payments platform throughout 2020 and uh, early 2021 for the the mm-hmm. final end of that. And so I thought it'd be great to chat a little bit with you about what eBay managed payments has been like, some of the things that maybe have have changed or, or evolved since it, the pilot started that you were a part of mm-hmm. and, and where we're at today. I know, you know, just so everybody knows out there, Chris is not an <laughs> eBay spokesman. He does not officially um, speak for eBay, but I thought it would be good to hear from somebody who has been a part of the managed payments platform. Maybe we can just start with that. You know, why did you go ahead and volunteer to be part of that early early move on to manage payments? It was for one reason. And when you think back to my evolution of going from one box to three or four cases, it, it came down to the numbers. eBay to move over was not charging me the 30 cents per transaction that PayPal paid. What pay, PayPal was charging me. So over a hundred transactions, that's $30. And, and, I'm, and I'm moving low dollar cards. I'm, I'm moving stuff at, at mass and that 30 cents is so, it adds up so fast. So not only was it from 2.9% to 2.7, I'm not paying the 30 cents extra. So I felt from 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 my perspective of, of being not a low dollar seller, but I'm not, I don't do this full time. It just made too much sense not to give it an opportunity, not to give it a chance because the fee savings were just, were enormous at the time. One of the the biggest changes seems to be that when you as a seller make a sale, that money doesn't immediately go into a PayPal account anymore. And that you, if I understand correctly, you need to have a a dedicated bank account to process those ACH or EFT payments from eBay? Yeah, so eBay payments now, every single, well, at the time I signed up for it, it was daily deposits into an account. Now with the spring update, you can set your deposit frequency, but yeah, every single day they deposit money into my account. It could be as little as $4, it could be as much as $1,000. It just really depends on however the payments clear through eBay, their speed. But typically when I get a payment from somebody within three to four days, it's in my bank account to actually be used. If not, other than that, it's sort of in process. One of the, the other aspects of that is 
you know, you touched on the fact that in as you as an early adopter, you're not paying that initial transaction, 30 cents transaction charge. New people who are migrating over, there is a, a 25 or 30 cent um, transaction charge, I believe. One of the what about the the other fees? Are the, the regular fees are lower as well? So the 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 new structure is two it's it's two point or sorry it's uh. 2.75% and 25 cents per extra listing items sold. I'm paying 2.7% on my payments with no extra listing fee. And that's in addition to your normal um, final value fee or your, your normal eBay commission, correct? Correct. So whatever my 9% or 10%, whatever that number is, plus then it's on top of the, the, the 2.7. And so for most people it comes out a little bit less than what they're currently play, paying as a combination of eBay and PayPal. Correct. The challenge is, and I asked this question to the eBay reps at the National in Chicago last year, and I said, hey, what's up with this per listing thing? Because someone like myself who has a, a large amount of cards on, online for, se for sale, just like yourself, you know, that could add up quickly. Yes, it's 2.7 versus 2.9, but that, that quarter is a lot of money when it adds up quickly. They said that over the, the long haul of the program, you're still saving money, even though you might be paying, if someone buys three things from you, three different from three different listings, it's it's still cheaper overall than paying 2.9 and 30%. Now, I haven't run the math to figure that out, but they said that it is cheaper in the overall big scheme of things. I had, I had heard somewhere, and I, and I have not confirmed this yet because I'm not officially on the platform yet, yeah. but as I was reading some of the FAQs and some some threads and comments about this, I think that might have even been one of the tweaks that they made too, that it's now 30 cents per order. So it's per, it, it's per listing item purchase. So if someone buys, for example, if I have 10 cards like in a UPIC listing, that's only going to be a, th a 25 cent fee. But if someone buys like a rainbow parallel from me, a gold parallel, you know, uh, and another card, they buy three different cards from three different listings, that's going to be 75 cents for the new person in the managed payments. Uh, okay. Okay. That's a, a good thing for people to know. They kept talking, or there's also a lot of comments about the, the benefits for a seller as far as um, returns or customer service issues and things like that. Have you noticed anything as far as buyers initiating a return and and this process being more favorable to the seller to protect you, you know, for potential fraudulent buying activity, any of that type of thing? So knock on wood, I, I've had very few issues with buyers. I don't run into many issues, but the one great thing about the changes is eBay had their return policy, which was 30 days. PayPal had their return policy of, I think it was 90 days or something like that. So if a buyer lost an eBay uh, decision against them, they could then run to PayPal and PayPal could side with them. So there was this, this, con this conflux in a sense of two different return policies. And if you had a crafty scammer or buyer out there, you know they could use them against each other and get their money back. It is easier now with eBay because they're the, they're the they're the judge and jury basically. There's no other person out there trying to judge jump in since they took the payment. But I but I don't really have those many issues. I had an issue recently with a buyer who said the card wasn't delivered, but the tracking showed it had, and eBay cited in my favor. And you know they held the money back for a couple of days, and then they released the funds. But it was it was a very strict streamlined process. But it is nice not to have to worry about somebody having another company 
that can get their money back because eBay said that that you as a seller are in the right. Now, did you have to set up a brand new bank account for this to to work out? Did you use a personal bank account or did you already have a business banking account or a business checking account that you were using? I, I set one up because of this. At first, I let it come into my normal account all the time, but then I realized it's just too difficult. It's, there's too many daily deposits, and at the time, you couldn't change the frequency. So I was like, I can't have five, seven deposits coming in every week with my personal account. So I, I had a second account set up that I use just for that. I pay all my eBay fees from, and then I, I have them deposit that money into it. So it's, it works out easier, but now with the new spring format, the spring update, you can set the frequency to once a week, five days, three days, whatever you like. So it, you don't need to have a second account now. You just, it's your choice. Have there been any other enhancements over the last year or so that make it um, more beneficial or have, that have eased that transition? Yeah, the biggest one is the global ship program through eBay. So of course us in the States, you know, that is, if, if you're not using Global Ship Program or GSP, it is by far the best thing to use for international buyers. It does cost them money, but for us, the peace of mind just to get the thing to Kentucky and be done with it is just fantastic. So because of the way I, now I still pay for shipment labels through PayPal. So there, that is changing here soon, but GSP was, was taken away from managed payment people because of the disagreement or wh however the coverage worked or whatever the, the back end between PayPal and eBay, that was taken away from us. I didn't sell a lot internationally. I don't do hockey. I don't do soccer like yourself. And so for me, it was a couple buyers here and there. And so that's been taken away. Apparently it's now back available for me. I don't think I changed my account to take it away, but I still have not, I've not seen an international order come through yet other than Puerto Rico, but it's not international. It's always been, of course, in the States. So I don't know if I need to go back in and change a setting or anything like that. But the best thing of the spring update, not you know, on top of the, the deposit structure, is being able to do GSP. So you can now sell hockey cards or soccer cards and not feel like you're losing half the market because they're not really in the States. And I, and I think I did read also that soon, if not already, you're going to be able to have your shipping labels deducted from your your pending payments as well yes. or, or right like it won't yeah. have to come from a separate paypal account correct so it's it's absolutely even better in the future because of that yeah it's going to be you know if, if ebay has a thousand bucks of yours and you spend 50 on labels you're only going to get 950 now that's been the biggest sticking point for me has been i still use paypal from the sort of negative perspective when it comes to the shipping part of it so it's it's not more bookkeeping but it's just i'd rather have it all on ebay so thankfully they're going to have all of that taken care of on eBay. I don't know when it's coming, but it's coming soon. And then once that happens, I won't use PayPal. I don't think at all. I mean, I don't sell on Twitter anymore. I keep everything on eBay because of the, all the new check, the tax changes, and it's just too complex to mess with that with that PayPal side. So I, I'll be I'll be done soon with PayPal. Other than maybe a random payment to send to somebody for a card, like on for my, any pre-war card or something like that. But from a business perspective. It'll only be on eBay because they're only making this program to me better off. Have there been any other pain points along the way as you were you were digging in, either that you're still experiencing or that have already been addressed through some of the program updates? No, I've had an absolute fantastic time with this. The I guess the only real pain point is they did not advertise very well for us sellers 
who were not taking PayPal because when I start when I joined Managed Payments, PayPal did not become an option for buyers, and there was really nothing on the listing that said this seller does not take PayPal. So when that happened, I did lose a couple sales here and there, but the savings of the 30 cents and the 2.7 was a lot better than if I lost a random sale here or there. I also then occasionally would send something an invoice through PayPal and they would pay and we'd, we'd call it a day. It's no big deal there. But that's been the only sticking point is, is eBay didn't advertise for us well enough that this person doesn't take PayPal. I wish on the listing it said this is a managed payment customer or, or seller in a sense. But that's been my only gripe. I was able, but I was able to work through it with the buyers, and I did lose some sales, but it wasn't anything major uh, on that perspective. And that's changed too, right? PayPal yeah, can, will be yeah, a payment option yeah. for buyers at, by the time it's fully rolled out. I understand. Is right. That... You can pay. You can pay me right now through with PayPal through managed payments. So okay. that's yeah. It's all. I think that was resolved sometime late last year or middle of the year. But yeah, I think I went like nine to ten months. I couldn't take PayPal, so that was a sticking point, but I mean, that's been resolved. And so anyone who signs up for it now, that's not gonna be an issue. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, I got a communication um, that I was gonna be migrated over in July, and so yeah. I have filled out all of my paperwork to be able to be moved over whenever that happens. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I, I'm optimistic based on what I've heard from you and what I read um, recently. And so, yeah, I just thought it'd be good to chat a little bit about yeah. what your experience has been. Let's talk a little bit about um, the content creation side of things. You had mentioned earlier the fact that you had been furloughed and along with that, you've started kind of a uh, a web series on, on YouTube and I think even a, an audio only release of that called Correct. Furloughed. Tell us a little bit about, about the idea for that and, and what you've been covering in that. Yeah, so it started because I wanted to document this time period of my life. And this is something that I've always been in. I've been employed since I was like 16 years old, and I've always had a job. And and I've, I was like, you know what? This is an unprecedented time for everybody, whether you're working right now or not working. And so I said, what other better way to do it than get, get on video and then look back. I, I'm more interested in seeing this episodes in 30 years when I'm like almost 70 years old to think, God, how did I look or what did I, what did I, how did I react, you know, to the stuff in the moment? So it was, it's more about the long-term game of, of, of having this on, on video. But what I cover is really any hot button topic of the day. Maybe there's a trending topic on Twitter. Maybe there's a thought process I have around selling. It's, I film it every morning. I don't do a lot of planning the night before. It's just sort of what I feel in the morning and and what I want to talk about. And then that sort of it sort of comes out of of that. Occasionally shows tie together. You know, like I've got four or five episodes around eBay selling, and so I have a different playlist for that. But but really, it's just in the moment, and it's about documenting my sort of time right now. I've been furloughed now for five weeks. I have two more weeks. I'm apparently going to find out this week if I'm coming back next month or if it's going to be extended. So there could be a season two. I, I have no idea. But uh, this is all about in the future, looking back uh, at how I responded to it and at the same time putting content out there. Have you been in enjoying it so far? Oh, it's been great. I think, you know, my previous job as a district manager, I always sort of spoke all the time, but I never really got to listen to myself you know, on the back end and, and edit what I said and, and you know, think about what are power people reacting to it or, or how could I say this differently? So yeah, the first couple of weeks, 
of not sort of listening to me talk was the biggest challenge. When you're when you're recording this, you're sort of thinking of what you're saying and you're messing yourself up. So after a couple of weeks, I was able to really shut off my mind as I'm talking and then just put it out. So that that to me has been the biggest challenge. But yeah, I, I think it's it's been a lot of fun. Yes, many people say that my mind is always shut off when I'm talking. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, I know I know what you mean with yeah. that. Um, one of the other things that that I first appreciated from your content that you had shared bef- before this on your website were some of the selling tools, things like your uh, spreadsheet that helped track mm-hmm. eBay sales and things like that. Tell us a little bit about some of those other pieces of content that you have put out that are just there to help other collectors and help other sellers. Yeah, so I think there are three articles that you want to look at the website at crtsportscards.com is Number one is that sales tracking file. It's available for download whenever you'd like. I used to do it monthly, and then I realized I have this website I'm never really using, and I can load a file up to it, and then people can download it. And, and now I've made the file to be a year-round file versus you waiting for me to give you a new monthly file. That was sort of, uh, it made sense for a year, but now in 2020, it makes no sense. So now you can download the file, and it tracks all of your sales. It's nothing too too intense. All you have to do is plug your sales in. It tells you your your top sales per day, your monthly sales, stuff like that. The the second one is going to be the changes of the USPS, the postal rate changes in this year. It really talks about the savings when it comes to printing at home versus going to the counter. And now going to a counter at a store is a different uh, obstacle altogether, but the savings are just enormous when you print at home. And so getting yourself a thermal printer and labels is going to save you a ton of money at the course of the day, or course of a year. And then the third one is, it's called protecting yourself. It's about, look, everybody's, everyone is coming, or there's a lot of new people in the hobby right now. And and how do you pay? How do you get around buyers who might want to look into scam you or whatever that could be? So there's a couple tips in there around just becoming a better buyer and then also becoming a better seller from protecting yourself overall, so. Very cool. Well, is there anything else that you want the listeners to know? as far as things that you've got going on, things that you're working on, um, anything else that's going to be coming soon? Yeah, if you're on the website, check out the Project 2020 page. I'm a big numbers guy. I love tracking that series. I've, I've gone from ignoring it to looking at it to researching it to now I'm all in. And I'm, so every morning the numbers come out, I update it. There's a ranking system of the top artists, of the top cards. There's a full picture gallery. So if you're curious on Project 2020, Check out the website. You'll have all the details there for all the releases. Very cool. And the best place to get a hold of you, crtsportscards.com. Yep. And where else? Where else can people find you? Uh, I'm mainly found on Twitter. So at CRT or at CRT underscore sports cards. My website, like you just said, you can. I'm on Instagram, but I'm not a big picture person. So my Instagram content's pretty weak, but I, I'm out there. It's under CRT sports cards there again. But the main thing is Twitter and the website. Great. Well, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Greatly appreciate it. No problem. Well, I hope you found that information on the eBay Managed Payments program helpful, especially if you're an eBay seller who is going to be migrated over sometime this year. I know I appreciated learning a little bit more directly from somebody who's already experienced it. Be sure to give Chris a follow at CRT Sports Cards. Check his site out at crtsportscards.com. And let me know, too, what you what you thought of the show, what you thought of that interview. 
You can reach out to me at waxpackhero at gmail.com or at themikesummer on Twitter. And don't forget to leave a rating and review at your podcast app of choice. And last but not least, check out the Hobby Hotline live call-in show that we do each Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Central. You can learn more by following at Hobby Hotline on Twitter. That's all I've got for you today. Thanks, and I'll catch you next time.